everyone and good morning, São Paulo. Welcome back to our podcast. Last week we talked about Mr. Costa's company, PH3A. Today we'll dig in the world of a Brazilian B2B company that prefers to remain anonymous for security matters. Thereby we'll be calling it the X Company. The enterprise has been in the market for nearly 30 years and employs 200 people according to the CLT regulation and 330 party service providers. And today we'll be learning about his experience about the organization change and understanding the company's human resources. Boa tarde, Roberto, e muito obrigada por participar do nosso podcast hoje. Para os nossos ouvintes que não conhecem, Roberto é sócio fundador da X Company e atua na diretoria comercial, correto? Correto. Boa tarde, Bia. É um prazer estar aqui com você, atendendo as suas solicitações. Bom, então hoje vamos começar falando um pouco sobre a mudança organizacional e a forma que é enfrentada pela empresa em que você trabalha. Como a organização lida com mudanças? Geralmente as mudanças são é, vêm de um processo natural, onde é demandado do mercado para dentro da empresa, tanto em processos quanto em desenvolvimento de novos produtos. Ah, entendo. E quando uma mudança precisa ser feita dentro da empresa, que tipos de dados são coletados para fazer essa intervenção? E como são coletados? Por exemplo, com entrevistas, questionários, observações? Geralmente os dados, como falei, aflorescem de uma necessidade tá? de mudança. Isso bem, é feito benchmark com outras empresas e são feitas reuniões com, a, com as gerências para que todos possam opinar a respeito dos impactos que vão causar em cada departamento. Ah, muito interessante isso. E você poderia nos dar um exemplo de alguma mudança feita dentro da empresa que não foi bem sucedida? E você também poderia nos explicar resumidamente como foi o processo? Bom, tem um exemplo mais recente aí, que foi no caso da pandemia, onde obrigatoriamente, por imposição do governo, fomos obrigados a colocar os funcionários em home office por 60 dias praticamente no início da pandemia. E o sistema funcionou perfeitamente de início. Porém, a, com a evolução do do dia a dia, a gente percebeu uma queda na produtividade acentuada dos funcionários, tá? E muitos funcionários deixavam de trabalhar para é, cuidar da casa, cuidar dos afazeres particulares. Então, dessa forma, fomos obrigados a trazê-los de volta para, para o trabalho presencial, e onde a produtividade voltou a níveis crescentes. E qual foi a reação dos funcionários da empresa com essa mudança? Eles foram totalmente contrários, né? pois estavam numa zona, numa zona de conforto maravilhosa, podendo estar dentro de casa, com família, filhos. Alguns realmente se dedicavam mais para o trabalho, trabalhavam mais. Essas pessoas que mais se dedicavam é, preferiram voltar para o trabalho, pois tinham uma lei Além de tra fazer, trabalhar para a empresa, tinha que cuidar da, da família, dos afazeres domésticos. E os funcionários que não estavam é, contentes de voltar para o trabalho, acabaram abrindo denúncias falsas, infundadas contra a empresa, que estávamos colocando os funcionários 
sobre risco de, de pandemia, de, de contágio, o que, que demonstrou ser, ser falso, mas acabaram voltando para a empresa. E alguns que não quiseram voltar, acabamos demitindo os funcionários. Ah, entendo. E como foi coletado esse feedback dos tanto daqueles que gostaram da mudança daquele, e daqueles também que não gostaram? Foram feitas pesquisas de satisfação junto aos funcionários e detectou-se que boa parte gostaria de realmente ficar em casa, pois deixavam de pegar horas de condução e não havia exigência formal de, de trabalho. Tá, foi através de pesquisas internas. Ah, entendo. Muito, é muito eficiente né, esse tipo de feedback. Sim, é, feito de forma anônima, são levantados os dados constantemente, pesquisa de satisfação do, dos funcionários anualmente. Continuando para outro tópico muito importante dentro da empresa, vamos falar um pouco sobre a área de recursos humanos. Você, Roberto, julga essencial ter uma área bem definida e estruturada para recursos humanos ou acha que poderia ser algo mais informal? Por quê? A área de recursos humanos realmente é a área que a gente mais deve investir dentro da empresa, pois é a empresa não é, é o que é a empresa, é, são as pessoas que trabalham nela e a gente depende da, da felicidade dessas pessoas para o aumento da produtividade. Então temos hoje uma área estruturada com gerentes, coordenadores, que cuidam do bem-estar dos nossos funcionários, promovendo a satisfação, cuidando de planos de saúde, festas, campanhas de incentivo e a medição de performance né, do funcionário para acompanhar a evolução e a satisfação do mesmo. Excelente sua resposta, Roberto. Já acabou até respondendo a próxima pergunta que eu tinha, então eu vou pular e vamos para... A seguinte, então, a empresa usa um método específico para recrutamento de novos funcionários? Ah, sim, hoje com as modernas ferramentas de internet, a gente acaba é, pesquisando funcionários no, no LinkedIn, tá? temos agências contratadas, terceiras, para a busca de profissionais capacitados, e é feito um processo seletivo, é, para gerentes onde é feito bola preta. Toda a diretoria deve concordar com a, com a contratação desse funcionário para que ele seja realmente efetivado. Ah, legal! E como a empresa lida com a importância da diversidade no espaço de trabalho? Existem ações relacionadas a esse fator? Honestamente, nós não damos atenção a esse ponto, pois a gente acredita que independente de gênero, cor, raça, preferência sexual da pessoa, isso não vai interferir no, no, na entrega. Nós somos muito focados em contratar pessoas pela entrega que essa pessoa pode trazer para a empresa e não, e não pela, pelas suas escolhas. Muito obrigada, Roberto. Você respondeu todas as perguntas que tínhamos para hoje e... É como eu disse, muito obrigada. Obrigado você, boa sorte e bom trabalho. Até logo.
Wow, what a great interview. I mean, it is so interesting to see how different CEOs reason concerning their company, right? Yeah, and also something that stood out to me is that it is really difficult to get the whole picture of a company only asking questions about a single sector. For sure. If only we had time to ask them all the questions from all the podcasts. But for now, let's get into the analysis. Absolutely. So first of all, let's start by tackling the field of organizational change, which is the first one discussed in the interview. Personally, I really enjoyed the data collection process highlighted by Roberto. He talks about how his company insists on doing annual internal research to get feedback from his employees and understand what they are liking or disliking, even more on the issue discussed concerning the pandemic and coming back to the presential setting. I found it very good because for a company to work, the employees have to be heard. What do you think about it? Of course, I completely agree. It seems to me that he follows it fiercely, right? First, they plan the questionnaire, then onto the core activities. They collect, analyze, and feedback the data and the impacts to all managers, and then decide the right course of action. Well, I particularly like the part in which he says that those feedbacks are anonymous. That is very nice because it gives the employees more courage to freely discuss things they might not be liking and wouldn't have the guts to tell it face to face. For sure, and also he didn't specify exactly the model he uses to do so, but from what I've heard, if I were to guess, they are probably questionnaires, right? That is what I would say. However, I do have something to point out. He talks about the great reluctance and negative feedback there was on coming back to work. I do think that in this case, some face-to-face -face interviews could be a good option to tackle those that are extremely unhappy. After all, they have to find a way to balance productivity and employee satisfaction. Yeah, I agree. I think in this case, some advantages would be a more empathic approach and also the flexibility within it that would allow a company to better understand different employees' profiles. You know, besides all that, I have to say, I found it extremely interesting and intelligent of him to say that changes arise from the market's needs. And that's why he uses methodologies that involve the entire market to better understand the problem, such as by benchmarking with other companies instead of just looking for answers within the company. Now, about what is discussed in the human resources sector, what did you find more interesting? Something that I really liked is how he sees the HR department as the most valuable in the company. Considering Company X employs something like 300 people, it would be completely crazy if they didn't put effort in improving such a sector. Sure. As he said, HR in Company X works to take care of the employees, organize parties, campaigns and incentives, follow performance measurement and employee satisfaction measurement. By that, I think that we could say the investment on HR becomes a very well-thought managerial strategy because then the theory of improvement results in actual improvements which leads employees to perceive the company in a better manner. 
Yeah, also something I found important is that, sure, HR has these important functions, but the company does not seem to overwhelm them with things they should do themselves. For instance, they don't shape leadership or discipline the employee. They give managers the tools to do so. Yeah, and I can even say that maybe they are applying the model of evidence-based management in which Company X HR department fully works on real data collected and perceived. For instance, even Roberto said how change had to be taken based on the downgrade, on productivity, and then on employees' lack of satisfaction. That's exactly what I was about to say. As I understood from the interview, these types of observations are not only common, but a part of their routine to further develop or adjust their management. Wow, all companies should act like this, shouldn't they? I thought it was of great importance that he mentioned that it should be nothing less than normal to treat all people equally, and therefore he doesn't need any program to take care of diversity. Yes, I agree with you. Hiring someone and the way of acting in the social space should be independent of class, gender, color, race, sexual preference, and it does not interfere with the delivery that this person can bring to the work environment. On some final notes, do you girls think that the practices that we could see in the interview are more accurately positioned towards organizational strategy structure or relationship with the environment? Well, that's a hard question, but maybe I would say a little bit of both. He talks about how the change process comes from an external need and thereupon the environment they are in, so we can see a relationship from that. On the other hand, he's also very clear on the need to keep the employees up to the standards of the, of the organizational structure. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with you. This organizational structure becomes very clear when he says they fired those who wouldn't comply with the new changes during the pandemic. It is evident that there is some type of centralized authority. Maybe it fits in a verticalized structure, but we cannot say it with certainty. Definitely agree with you guys. We can see from the interview that the company follows a rigid leadership with concentrated power. This surely requires more responsibility and productivity from the workers, which can function for some companies, but can be a disaster for others. Fortunately, it seems to work well in Company X's case. Great reminder. It really depends on each company, which is highly related to each company's culture. The culture is formed not only by the leader, but by all people involved. It is the way people feel about work, the goals they have at the company, and what they believe in. Culture should be well-defined so individuals are able to work in harmony. In Company X's case, he did mention that they really value the people for who they are, not taking into consideration their color, sexual orientation or gender, as they believe everyone should be treated equally well to be happy at work, and as a consequence, achieve higher productivity. So, I guess we can definitely say that the culture, leadership and power structure of the company support the practices they bring about. Well, we had some great insights and could understand Company X to the best of our abilities. How about we finish off with some recommendations like we did with Paulo from our last podcast? Yes, let's do it. First of all, as we discussed before, I do think that a good option for them would be personal interviews. 
Some employees were too upset, but at the same time, not delivering the necessary, which ended up in people being dismissed. I, I think understanding an employee's unhappiness on a deeper level could help the company improve its processes and even maybe provoke a cultural change or an intervention per se, whether that is by a third party or a team building process. That's true. Personal interviews are great, but they need to make sure that the information is confidential or else employees will not feel comfortable expressing their real feelings. Absolutely, Julia. Also, another recommendation I would make is in regards to their organizational diversity. I think it's really nice that they don't really have defined requirements or don't judge people based on their gender, race, sexual preferences, etc. But at the same time, I believe it's kind of risky these days to not have these requirements because humans are completely biased. Not having specifications may open the doors for those who have prejudice to not hire a person due to discrimination. Yes, I totally agree on this. Although the intentions are good in regards to diversity, it's vital to phrase the importance of having a diversified workplace which gives equal opportunities to every candidate. I would even add that having cultural diversity is essential in order for the organization to learn how to deal with the challenges presented by the expression of different perspectives. That's for sure, Isa. This is extremely important for the company in order to understand what they could improve or change to turn the work environment into a safe place for everybody. Okay, everyone, so this is our podcast for today. We hope you have enjoyed, and also we hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.